0: I'm so glad you're here. Children, the glorious time has come for you to escape the Joseph church, but don't head to the stairs. We're going downstairs to the youth room, all of them. Big fun. You uh, uh, are being promoted to youth this morning, for just temporarily, Follow Willoughby Chris Brugman, that handsome man was in the doorway. Yes, indeed. Big things going on for you. As they leave, you're wondering, I'm sure. how's bike riding going. Um... I got a gift certificate from my staff at the college. Um, and I bought a basket that fits on the front. Yeah. It's color coordinated. Um, so now like if I to bring my computer or books or stuff like home, I could do that. And Shrink can ask me to like go stop at the city market or something on the way home. And it's very convenient because I can keep the open chip bag right in front of. Me. How great is that? Okay. Okay. Uh, I wanna thank Eric Williams. God bless you, man. I love you. And, and, and Kathy for stepping in and, and leading worship. Um, Ryan McBride, of course, is in Costa Rica on a mission trip. Ryan Johnson is with a group uh, uh, at Lake Powell. But um, Ryan McBride um, may have shared with you. Uh, many of you, I know, were praying uh, for his sister. So I just want to bring you up to speed before we get started. Um, Ryan's sister, Heather, um, lives in Belgium with her husband and three young boys. I think the oldest is like seven. Um, three weeks ago we got some devastating news, a painful lump was found under her arm, and when they removed it and and tested it, uh, they found it to be um, stage three melanoma which had metastasized, which means uh, I guess that it had uh, started somewhere else and, and spread there, and likely spread from there, um, and they expected it to be throughout her body, so uh, the family prayed, the friends prayed, many of you prayed. Um, She had a battery of tests done uh, and met with uh, by the oncologist, and those tests came back on Wednesday. Um, And aside from uh, very little bit of cancer in one lymph node, there is no evidence of cancer anywhere else in her body. Praise God. The doctors. Doctors are astounding. We're praising God. We got Tom here with us with the brain thing. Jesus 2, cancer 0. Amen. Amen. Okay. All right. He's good. Look, he's on display today, every day. That's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. And we have such great things because... um, Because Jesus is being lifted up, I pray, my prayer this morning is that he would show himself so beautifully, his heart so wonderfully, and that we would have, by the Holy Spirit, our eyes open, our ears open, our hearts open, um, and we would be just overtaken and overwhelmed by his goodness, by his beauty, by his love that we cannot help but respond. Um, Those who have never responded and those who have responded, that we would... Respond afresh and new. Okay, new message, okay, right? I'm going to stop that. Uh, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 4 if you, uh, if you have them with you. Batteries. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like to use one uh, of you. what kind of batteries do you take uh, That's yours to use uh, for this okay. service. It's yours to use if you don't know. Let about. me grab a couple just in case. I think your battery died. Do you think so? Well, we'll check it out. All right. Um, low back. Is that what that means? As you're we're going we're gonna to do that. As you turn there, Romans chapter 4, like like pray or do something. Like, just that's always a good one. Everybody's packing like double A's. That's what we need. Alright. Sorry about that. You see, like, the rhymes leave, and like, everything goes to five. You I'm feeling hot. How is that? said, oh, okay. I have been wanting to share this scripture and the truth from this scripture so much that after service last week, it was almost busting out of me. Almost like wanted you to stay for another hour and a half, and we're going to do it again. Um, but it's here. I'm glad you're here. Um, at first, this might sound like bad news, depending upon how your heart is tuned, but it's good news And you'll know that before we leave, okay? So hang with me. Um, The fact is, the more that you're honest about your heart, the more that you know um, that your life is a train wreck, the more this is going to sound like good news, and the more um, self-righteous you feel it's not going to sound so good. So the true lie for this week, um, we're in a series for the summer called True Lies, and we look at things that we commonly believe, and then we go to the source of all truth, God's Word, uh, and we debunk that, right? Right? Because that's what all the Bible study is, is God showing us the truths, the lies that we believe, and and showing us the truth that sets us free, right? Okay, so that's what we're doing. The true lie this morning is, I'm not good enough, I don't measure up. I'm not good enough, I don't measure up. Now some of you are getting, "Mm? I mean, what do you mean? That's a lie. Well, it's different in that in one sense it's a lie, and in one sense it's true. It's true, but we're going to take a look at that, and you'll see soon. Um, I want to give some credit, a little shout-out here. Across the years, about 150 years ago, um, Pastor Charles Spurgeon wrote a book called All of Grace. And uh, in reading that old book, uh, it just rocked my world and a lot of the wisdom that he brought out of this passage. Uh, I'm going to be able to share with you this morning. So uh, I want to thank God for him. Let's go. Romans 4. Um We're going to be unpacking one verse and it's going to take us a while because there's so much here. Um, It's verse 5 in Romans 4. It's up on the screen. Uh, It's short, so I'd like to read it together out loud. May I emphasize loud. Okay, ready? And to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Okay, that is so great. That is so incredible. In fact, it's some of the most beautiful news you will ever hear. So we're going to rewind it. We're going to play it again. Ready? Reload. Here we go. And to one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Now, some of you think that the reason I love this verse so much is because it starts with the words. He who does not work, and you don't mean to be lazy. That's not why I'm so crazy about this verse. This is crazy. This is wonderful. I absolutely love it. Because, well, because when we read it, you did not erupt in applause and ear-splitting cheers of celebration. Um, I think that we have some work to do here. Because if we all understood how beautiful this was, how desperately our lives need the truth that is here, I think we do just that. Um, maybe we don't understand the depth and the beauty of justification or how much we need it. Um, and that's okay because I didn't either. And, and we're all going to. So um, this truth, the truth that's here, this basically means that God chooses the worst of us and makes us the best. Now, if you were going to field a, a softball team like the Bethany Beluga's, you wouldn't look around for the biggest spazzes who hold the bat by the wrong end, who run the bases in the wrong direction, who you just can't feel. You wouldn't pick your team to do that. And yet, that is exactly, that is exactly the core of the gospel. That is what Jesus has done. He takes the worst of us and makes us the best. Right? That's who he came for. Now, this message is so countercultural, so Again, so opposite the way society works, so uh, counter to everything that you're going to hear, everything that you're going to experience outside of these walls that we need to focus in. We really need to let the Word of God press in and do surgery on our hearts because when we leave these walls, every magazine, every television show, every relationship, every job that you're in, every everything is going to say the opposite. And what God is saying is, He takes the worst and makes it the best. Okay? They're going to say the best is the best. In Christ, we can be wreckage, and He makes us the best. So if I yell, it's not because I'm loud, not because I'm angry, it's because I get excited, and I'm excited about this. The fact is that God loves you regardless of who you are, regardless of what you've done. Regardless of how long you've done it, how many you've repeated he loves you. His love for you is so ginormous. Jesus, did you get this? Did you see the title, the description of God in this verse? Here it is. Him who justifies the ungodly. That's a description of Jesus. Him who justifies the ungodly. Now, Harry Potter, for as cool as that storyline was, is such a ripoff. He whose name must not be spoken. No! We worship him who justifies the ungodly. That's cool. That's real. That's transformative. That's who Jesus is. Him who justifies the ungodly. What does that mean? What does that mean? Him who justifies the ungodly. It means that he takes the worst and in Jesus Christ makes us perfect. Makes us perfect. Jesus is him who justifies the ungodly. So what's so great about being justified? What is it? What does that mean? In short, being justified means that Jesus, because he lived the sinless life, we could not live and died the awful death that all of us deserved on the cross, in our place, as our substitute, as our stand-in for our sins, and then rose again to new life, he can not only forgive us, which we all understand what forgiveness means, right? But he offers us justification. Now, for forgiveness is good. I'm not underselling forgiveness, but here's what forgiveness is: It's like you and I have sinned, right? We broke all the laws. So we, we kind of made a wreck of our lives, and the way we think, and the way we speak, the way we treat people, the way we respond or don't respond to God, right? And and forgiveness, if you've if you've stepped over the line, you see this line, that this red line that I've got. Uh, in tape on the floor. If you stepped over the line, if you surrendered your life entirely to Jesus Christ, here's what forgiveness is. You have this like rap sheet, right? You have this rap sheet of all the stuff that you've ever done or said and you've hurt people and you've broken God's heart. And in Christ, what the cross means is that on that rap sheet, on that bill, if you will, on your on your, um, thing, it's stamped like in red by Jesus on the cross, paid in full blood okay, all the stuff I got paid, I got reams of that right, stamp, 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 stamp that's good news, right that's forgiveness justification is like forgiveness on steroids okay, it gets even better than that because when you're forgiven you still have that record even though it's it's stamped cancelled, right So, so you're the you're the dude who got caught up in pornography but you're forgiven for that you cheated here. You got forgiven for that. You have an anger problem. You got forgiven for that. You you spend like there's no tomorrow. But you have been forgiven. But it's still there. Justification is this. It gets even better. It erases all the evidence of your past sins. It wipes out our record completely. Now, if you were to look at your permanent record, remember? in elementary school, all elementary school teachers are trained to threaten you with your permanent record. It's go on your permanent record. And I have to say that every time you think about sticking dumb under your desk or, or talking during the test. It's going to go on your permanent record. If you want to look at your real permanent record, your eternal permanent record, if you have stepped over the line, if you have surrendered completely to Christ, if you want to look at your permanent record, forgiveness is right. All that record stamped out Justification is that white clean. No evidence that that stuff ever happened. It gets better. Look, him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Here's, here's a, an awesome truth. He doesn't leave the slate blank. Jesus credits to your personal record all the beautiful, wonderful, miraculous, loving things he did while he lived on the earth. Do you get the, now if you were to look at that, if you were to look at that, and you were to show your permanent record to somebody else, it, it would say that you healed the sick, forgave sins, fed the multitudes, raised the dead, loved your enemies, gave yourself for them, turned water into wine, cleansed the leopards, calmed the storms, cast out demons, gave hope to the hopeless, and set people free from sin, Satan, and death. You get it, because his righteousness is credited to your account. That's amazing. This is like going to the ATM to take out your 40 bucks so you can make it through the weekend. And in the balance line at the bottom, it says $10 billion. (laughs) Wait a minute. I never had $10 billion. I'm not arguing,
1: but I never had $10 billion.
0: Where did that come from? Spiritually. For those who have stepped over the line, for those who have surrendered completely to Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, Repented of their old life, step into new life in Him. That is exactly what has happened. Justification is forgiveness is good. Justification will blow your mind, and Him crediting to us our righteousness. Whew! No other God, no other faith offers that. They reward the good people. Jesus says, "Bad people, come to me." I've been good enough for you. I'm going to reward you based on my goodness, my righteousness. The him who justifies who? The ungodly, the guilty, the train wrecks. That's good news. That's who Jesus is. And if you're one of these people who knows that this is your condition, you don't have to go far, unfortunately, to find people who in the name of Christ will beat you over the head and shoulders and neck with the gospel saying, do better, do better, do better, do better. Then, you know, you can you can come to church, you can come to Jesus. That's not the gospel. The gospel is God came to justify the ungodly. So that we can get a picture Whoa. Okay. So that we can get a picture of how incredible this is. Did I say that no other faith does this? No. So if you're shopping faiths, get ready to be good. Or you're not going to chin the bar. Christianity, the gospel, the cross, Jesus, is for those who can't chin the bar. Who can't measure up. That's me. If that's you, stick around. Good news is just unfolding. Here's—I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine that you're about to face the greatest test of your life. You see, you have always dreamed, you have always known in your heart that God has created you to be a doctor, a doctor, and you are about an hour away from taking the EMT test. This monster multi-day test that determines whether or not med schools will allow you in. will even give you the time of day. The thing that stands between you and the future you know you were created to have is this monumental test. Here's the problem. You're a goof off. You skip class a lot. Instead of studying, you'd go out partying or renting red boxes or playing computer games. I know, some for some of our college students, it's hard to imagine. Just go there with me. Try to imagine. <laughs> and even when you did study, it seemed like Greek. It wouldn't stick. You know what I mean? And now you're going into the MCATS caps that are going to ring out of you every drop of knowledge. And you say, it's dry. I've got to do this, but... I'm going to fail. There's no question. But minutes before the test, something incredible happens. The smartest kid in your class comes up and says this. Hey, why don't we do this? I know, I know how you're feeling. Why don't we do this? Why don't you let me take the test for you? See, here's what I'll do. I'll go in, and I'll put your name and social security number at the top of my test. And I'll take it for you. And, and you put my name and my social security number on the top of your test. And, and you'll take it for me. And although you know um, the world doesn't work this way, and if you get caught, you're going to do jail time, both of you. You do it because it's your only hope, right? And you go through these day after day after day of MCAT tests, and nobody's looking funny, right? And you walk out, and nobody said word. It, it looks like it worked. A couple weeks later, you get a letter congratulating you for your performance on the NCATS. You didn't just do well. You were the first person ever to get an absolutely perfect score on the NCATS. What's better is every medical school in the world is fighting over you to give you a full-ride scholarship. You have your choice of anywhere to go. So this guy who took your test, you want to get back in touch with him and thank him. And when do you do? You find out that, What you earned for him was an absolute failing grade. He's never going to medical school because of this. And you say, thank you, but I don't deserve the good that I got, and you don't deserve the bad that you got. I just feel awful about this. This isn't right. And he says back to you, it's okay. It's better than okay this is the reason I exist. I want you to be blessed so I could take your record and you could take mine. And you could go on to the life you were created to live. It is my joy and sacrifice for you. That guy's name is Jesus. And if you have stepped over a line, if you have given yourself entirely to God, if you have surrendered completely to Him, then that is the story of your life. It is not that we pass the test. It is not that we clear the bar. It is not that we measure up. But He does on You know, if you think um, that life is a test and you're pretty sure you failed it, this truth is for you. Some of you are sitting there and you've studied hard. You've worked hard. You've gone through a lot of Bible studies, a lot of classes, logged a lot of time on your knees. And you're saying, this is not fair. We're going to get you in a minute. There are a lot of places. There are a lot of concepts of God that God has so raised the bar. So raise the bar. It's twice as high as that bar. And that you have to... You. This is only for the most squeaky clean, the most compulsively moral. This is only for the people who really toe the line. You can come to me, but you better be perfect. You better clean up your act. He has raised the bar. In Jesus Christ... Get this. In Jesus Christ... God lowered the bar as far as he could lower it. It is as low as this tape line on the floor. A baby could crawl over that. I said, wait a minute. Does that mean God's not God? No, God is holy. God is just. Only perfect people can have communion with him. Only perfect people can be with him. So in Jesus, let's back up. If If you're struggling with this, it's because many Christians know very well why Jesus died. Many of us are a little fuzzy on why he had to live for 33 years. Okay, here's why. Many people think it's to set us an example. It is that, but it's so much more. See, God could not relax his standards. They're as high as high could be. And Jesus came to live according to those standards. He kept every law. He made God happy with every thought, with every word, with every choice. And he did that for you, for me. So that in Christ, God kept his standards high Christ is the only life that's ever going to fulfill the law. And in him, when he credits that to us, guess what? I fulfilled the law in Christ. You fulfilled the law in Christ, even though your life is wreckage. So in Christ, God lowers the bar. Do you understand? To get into his presence, righteousness has already been achieved and knocking yourself out in your own righteousness. That's the way God can remain holy and remain just and be loving and merciful. All right, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bring it home. Believe me, this plane is going to land. Keep circling the airport. Don't worry about it. All right. So any church, any person that would say, you've got to stop doing this. You've got to stop partying. you got to stop your your problem with sex. you got to stop your, your financial problems. You gotta, and then you can come to Jesus. Really? Isn't that raising the bar higher than Jesus did? Didn't he say the Pharisees, prostitutes, and tax collectors are, are, are stepping across the line? And you guys, you guys who are working so hard at it, you aren't. You aren't. Because you're so trusting in your own. This blessing is for who? Who's it for? The ungodly. This blessing, the greatest blessing in the world is only for the ungodly. so the most loving, the most compassionate thing that I can do right now is to show in the word of God how you and I are ungodly. Right? Because if you're not, you miss out on this. Okay? There are two kinds of people. Those who are ungodly and know it and those who are ungodly and think they're godly anyway. Okay? Don't be that other group because this blessing, all that i described, all that the word of God has just said is only to those who are ungodly. Ungodly. Now don't, now I know you got phones. Don't text me. Don't send me a nasty email until you hear me out because this is going to rub some of you wrong, but Being ungodly is, in a way, very good news. Don't hit send. Don't hit send yet. I'm not telling you to keep on being ungodly. Because once we step over the line, Jesus lives in us. And it gives us different desires, different abilities. Power over things that we were powerless over before. He works in us sanctification to make us into the way he already sees us. Okay, So the point is not to stay ungodly, but being saved, being justified, being forgiven and set free is only for the ungodly. In that sense, knowing you're ungodly, that's good news. That's good news. I'm not beating you up with it. I'm saying you got the invitation if you're ungodly. I hope you see that. I hope you see yourself. The original Greek word for ungodly in the verse is asabes. The the, the word that was used when this was originally written by the Apostle Paul is ungodly means asabes. Now, that doesn't mean you're the worst person who ever lived on the earth. Now, you could be, but you don't need to be. What that means is this. Lacking the appropriate love, respect, and awe for God at all times. That means that with every thought, every word, every action, every relationship... You are at every moment loving God, respecting God, and in awe of God as much as He deserves. Okay, that's it for me. Okay? I look at what that word means, and I'm busted. I'm through. I'm ungodly. Right? And that applies to me. That applies to Adolf Hitler. That applies to Pope Benedict, Amy Winehouse, Mother Teresa everybody we're all in the same boat and the name on the side of the boat is the SS ungodly that's us okay and you're in it with me you go to a church with an ungodly pastor who has been saved and forgiven and justified by Jesus Christ there are no all right. there are no perfect people here. We don't come here to be on display. Jesus is on display. Amen. And we all flock in. Why? Because we're wreckage. Right? We're ungodly. And we serve him who justifies the ungodly. Doesn't that change the way you see other people? Doesn't that change the way you look at other people? I mean, think about the issue of illegal immigration, right? We got They didn't earn us! You know what? Nothing I have, I anyway. I'm not telling you how to vote or how to think about things. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. When you see people with near marks and, and cut marks and piercings and this and that, what are they doing in church? Because that's who Jesus came for. It doesn't matter if your sin is external and we can see it every time you walk in the door, or maybe it's internal, which is more dangerous because you can start believing the mirror. We have different symptoms of the same disease. Treat each other with grace. The best of us is only there because it was a gift. And it's only free and it's only to the ungodly. Okay. Okay. i got to make sure that you, you think you're ungodly. Um, no, no, no! It's it's the loving thing to do. Amen. Do, do, I, I, you're following me because if we don't get in the ungodly line, we don't get this. And this is life, and this is hope, and this is freedom, and this is joy unspeakable. When you say I'm a wreck, but Jesus, I'm 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 more wrecked than I ever dreamed. But I'm a, more loved than I could ever conceive, and He is better than I could ever imagine, and He loves you. In fact, because he has justified you, because he has forgiven you, because God has credited to you Christ's righteousness, he can now love you, look at you, and treat you like he does his son Jesus. That's what happens when we step across the line, right? Romans, Romans three twenty-three. What does it say? What does it say? It says, "All have sinned." All. That's the big word. You're in that circle, fall short of the glory of God. That's being ungodly. He says we all have, okay? Isaiah 53, 6 says this. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And here's the good news. And the Lord has laid on him, who's him? Jesus. Jesus. Oh, it's a good guess in church, okay? Jesus. <laughs> God has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He paid it all. The old hymns says Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left the crimson stain, washed white as snow. And by the way, he typed in all the good stuff he did on my record. That didn't fit with the lyrics, but it's true. It's true. We serve the God who justifies the ungodly. And some of you know this to be true of yourself, that you are ungodly. You know it. You're being choked by your sin. You have a secret sin. And it is literally choking the life out of you. It's killing you from the inside out. And you know this. You know this. And you say, can I ever be accepted by God? Can I ever measure up? Can I ever be good enough? Yes. Yes, in Christ. You are the very person you were the very person that He came on the rescue mission for, died for, rose again for. You repent, and step over the line, away from our own life, into new life in That's what it's about. Some of you are resisting because you're, you're kind of thinking, isn't it nice that occasionally we have messages that are just for people who are without Christ? This isn't one of them. You see, because in the church... The message of God justifying the ungodly is as much for the believer as the unbeliever. Here's why. Because some of us are resisting. I I know. I know. I sense your hearts. I'm not going to step over that line. I already did it. I don't need to. There's a point in my life, I went to Christian camp, I went to a service, uh, I raised my hand, I said a prayer, I walked forward. I stepped over that line. I'm good. Look down. Look down. There's a lot of us who are straddling that line. We got one foot in Christ, and we got one foot in the world. And that is a very dangerous place to be. A very dangerous place to be. Because you cannot even enjoy the fleeting happiness of sin in the world. Because deep down, you do know that Jesus is real. You do know that he loves you. You do know his call on your life. You do know that he sacrificed himself for you to set you free from the very things that you have an infatuation with right now. And you cannot enjoy that, and you cannot enjoy him fully, his life-changing, heart-wrenching, in the best sense, life-giving love because you've got a foot in one world in one kingdom and a foot in the other. You cannot, you have not allowed God to do his full work in you. Decide this morning that this is the time that in faith, you're going to step over the line and be all in. Because that's the only place life is. Some of you are straddling the line because you want to be focused on Jesus, but you find your focus continually pulled to things in the world. Concerns of this life. And the affection, devotion, focus that Jesus alone demands. You are sharing with others. And regardless, if you are straddling the line, here's what the Bible says about us. James 4.4 calls us adulterous people says, we're cheating on God. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world, to keep one foot on one side of the line and one on the other, makes himself an enemy of God. That's why it's so dangerous. Some of you are resisting because <laughs> if life is a test, you study hard and you're rocking. You're you're getting good grades. And frankly, it chats you a little bit that this message is about Jesus taking the worst, the people who have lived the wildest, the most ungodly life, setting them free, washing them clean, crediting them with all the things Jesus did. When you've been in church, you've been in Bible study, you've been doing personal devotions, you've been logging hours on your knees. Doesn't Jesus love you more? Does he hold you in heart? doing those things to earn God's approval, to earn God's acceptance, when it is already yours because Christ is the one who earned it. And when we try to walk in our own righteousness, feel comfortable because our own faithfulness, we spit on his cross. Galatians 5, 4, talk to people. Doing this. And it says, we are severed from Christ when we do that. You who would be justified by the law, by your moral behavior, by your being good. You have fallen away from grace. The expression, fallen from grace, that's where it comes from. You've rejected the free gift and said, it's okay. I know how to do this game. I know how to live the Christian life. That's why God loves me. That's why he hates the other people cutting yourself off from the gift. And that's a dangerous place to be. The third game we, we play is not just straddling the line. It's not just trusting in our own righteousness. It's the waiting game. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait because there's some issues that I'm dealing with that i got to clean up first, and then I'm going to be ready to be like a church person. I'm going to be ready to come to Jesus. Really? How's that working out for? Don't you think if you had the ability to do that which you know needs to be done in your life by yourself, you could do it, don't you think you would have by now? You don't even have the strength. I don't have the strength. Until I step across the line in faith and I'm all in, then he lives in me. He does these things. Don't put the cart before before the horse. I'm going to do it someday. This is your day. This is your day because you're going to hear this gospel again. And the Bible says if we don't respond to the light that we have, we get less light. If we respond to the light that we do have, we get more light. If you see it, respond to it. And don't let your hearts be hardened. How does it say we do it? Let's go back to Romans. You know they're playing, so, so we're there. <laughs> he who does not work, he who cannot achieve it on your own, his or her own, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted as righteous. We do it by belief. We do it by faith. We take the step of faith. We step across the line. That's what it is. It is throwing all your weight, all your trust, all your hope on the one who chinned the bar, the one who was good enough. So there's hope for every single one of us if we will do nothing other than just say yes and symbolize that by stepping across the line and say, I'm stepping away from my old life that has been only killing me on the inside and if I continue to live it it's going to destroy me and all the people I care about I'm walking away from life without Jesus and I'm walking to his arms I'm going to take that step of faith I'm going to cross the line because the line That's the truth. That's the gospel. And it'll set you free. Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord, you are good and I am not. You are God and I am ungodly. And that's good news because you are Him who justifies the ungodly. Lord, for those. Who are far from you, who have never said yes to you, who have never surrendered to you, who have never repented and said, I don't want this old life. I hear that you have earned from me this new life both now and forevermore, and there's nothing I can do to earn it, but but just surrender to you and accept the gift. I want this done cost the line. I want to be yours. I want to be all in. I pray that they would do that this morning. For those who have made a commitment to you in the past, but look down and see one foot on one in one kingdom and one in the other. Lord, that's a dangerous place. We don't want to be too tiny. We want to be all in. And I would pray you give them the boldness to step across the line of faith. There are some of us, Lord, who have been walking with you, doing all the things that we think would bring you joy, all the good things, but. We've turned them into bad things because we've started to trust in our spiritual disciplines for righteousness rather than you. This is our call, Lord. We want to step across the line. Be dependent only in you. You take the test for us. Because on our own, even our best things are going to fail that test. Lord, there are others of us who are playing the waiting game. Wait till I fix this. Wait till I. Lord, if we have the power done it already, and you came because we didn't, and you came because we couldn't, so give our our waiting hearts the invitation that's irresistible to step across the line and come to you this morning. Our lives will never be the same. You've made the, the invitation, and you're calling for an RSVP. Lord, that we all might take that step and show up. We love you. We thank you.